And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Yes, yeah, I'm doing your part right there. Go ahead. Big Josh McCarthy. Big Josh McCarthy. <laughs> you wish you were named McCarthy. Oh, Lord. Dude, you would have oh, done Lord. so much better. Uh, Your entire career would have been a shiny what's, moment. What's McCarthy? What's what is that like a Scot? Uh, any uh, don't, don't, Irish don't, name? Don't. Yes, it is. Yeah, the Irish name. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The McCarthy Castle. It's in Ireland. You mm. need to go to it. It's where the Blarney Stone is at. Yeah, I've been told that Thompson is a Scottish name, and we fucking had William Wallace. So hmm. you had William. You had William. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you know, you had William yes, Wallace. Yes, and, and they he, took him. And dismembered him. It's all right. But he was a he was a legend. (laughs) Freedom! (laughs) Freedom! (laughs) Oh yeah. Then guess what that led to? More fucking Dave's. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Oh Mary. So what you're saying, what you're saying is you and Podcast Dave are related. No, no. You're like brothers. He's like the little brother I never wanted. But, but then there's my Italian side and, and Josh's Mexican side. And I don't know if they get along. So Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so. like I said, the little brother I never wanted. But then then Ooh. you realize that like you, you know, you you're paying for him. Then it's like the son you never wanted. <laughs> it's like <laughs> No. I love this guy, man. He's a pain in my butt. But we've been it's so funny. You know, John, when we started before you and I were doing the show together, I was doing a show with another guy. Yep. And man, the three of us used to get into it. Mainly he, Dave used to get into it with Sammy and they would get into it back and forth. And I was like, man, it's just drive me crazy. But it was just, it was funny at times, but also funny. But then Dave and I would get into it too. And I'm like, God, I can see, I can see why Sammy has a hard time with you. And then, and then, <laughs> and then we started doing the show, the three of us. Thank you. All and, right. I want to hear this part. And John had, John had a hard time with them too, a little bit. And I was like, maybe, maybe I had not. to figure Dave out. Yes. Because see what, what people don't know about our podcast, Dave, he is one of the, he's, he's a button pusher, but in a, in a <laughs> internet. Oh, yeah text savvy way uh-huh. he'll say things at times that i'll, I'll now i'll have to look at it and go is he oh he's he's being a dog he's, like, <laughs> he's just trolling you yeah. he's, he's trolling, just trolling yeah. man look at him go uh-huh. right yeah. and so i have fun with it now but in the beginning i was like what the fuck is wrong with this dude he's, <laughs> this dude is absolutely the stupidest human being look. on the face of the planet man He's hysterical. And then you realize I was a genius, and then now you get it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, want, I want everyone to know, if you, you guys, if you guys enjoy this podcast, you guys have been listening to us from the beginning, okay, I deserve all the credit for holding this podcast together. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just, man, it was so, it wasn't funny at the time. But man, I was talking both one of you at one time off of a cliff. <laughs> it was hilarious, but it's been it's been worked out. We do now understand each other's um, sarcasm off a cliff. Sarcasm. Oh, sarcasm. okay. Hold on. I had to actually, as we started today, before you actually got on, mm-hmm. I get on because you know I always wait for Dave to do his thing because I 
I don't want to get big and then have to go off. It's just weird. It's a weird thing with my system. But, <laughs> John, John, you need to clarify those comments. There you can't just be saying I'm waiting for Dave to get big. <laughs> well, Dave, when you got when you do your thing, you do your thing. When you get but big, anyways, Dave gets big. I come back on. Okay. So as we were talking, as we were talking yesterday through text, kind of you know, because I'm working and looking at my phone every now and then, and the texts are coming in as far as, hey, when are we? Are, you want to do the show? You know, we, we were going to do it yesterday, and then no, you know, things. And Dave put out that one of the texts was, and he says, well, I can do it at between this time and this time, six and seven. I can do it at this, but, t- but, you know, Tanya's got this at this, right? And I was just, so I was, I was just being a, I was being a date. Mm-hmm. I was coming back saying, well, I can do it at this time or this time, but Babs <laughs> is going to have a party at this time, but so-and-so is going to have a party at this time. And then I, oh. then I, I looked at it afterwards. You know, I said it, I was just being a smart ass. And then I thought, I hope he doesn't take me serious. No, no. You know? <laughs> and so I, I, first thing I said, hey, I hope you didn't take that one serious. Yeah. He goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, thought, but, I actually thought he was talking to you. I thought, he was, I thought you were making He thought he was talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> I go Can't even it. win. No, but I was Can't just, I, I, you, Dave has the talking, texting of a troll, like when he's oh. sometimes messing with you. And. It's hilarious. It can be hilarious, it can be frustrating, but at the same time, this is what makes it. This is what makes us laugh later on. Like when we say, when oh, people goodness. say, "You'll laugh about it later." This is what we're doing right now. We're laughing about what, we're laughing about all the first four years together. Um, man, it's been. Um, you know, I just got back from California. We were over there uh, visiting family and everything, and I got to be honest, John. This was the first time. This is the third time I've been back. You know, um, first couple of times was for some other stuff, uh, some work stuff one time, and then for a work trip, a uh, work event, Christmas party, or whatever it was. This time was the first time I drove through from San Jose up to like near San Francisco in South City area there, and I was driving back in the morning after I had a, a, a like a um, physio appointment, like a physical therapist appointment because of my my uh, CPI for the injections they got for the stem cells so they have been doing like some light uh uh therapy so i'm driving back i drive down first at like six in the morning because the appointment's at like 7 15 so so it's dark so it's dark i'm driving down two accidents hour and a half it takes me at least an hour and a half to get there it's about an hour it's about 45 for a 50 minute drive anyways i get there i'm just show up right on time i'm like okay good thing i left early then as soon as we get done, the appointment's done around eight o'clock and I gotta I get I get like a snack of food and I drive back. Well traffic's going that way now. Yeah. At that time in the morning. It takes me almost an hour and forty five minutes to get back home. And I'm in the car driving back and I'm going, I don't miss this at all. I don't miss I don't miss it. Look, I miss I miss my friends. That's you know, that's sure. one thing. Well, you're you're gonna miss your family and your friends. And it's funny because I was driving to the car and the person I was driving with, she goes, as we drive past this reservoir and it's got beautiful like mountains where Santa Cruz is on the other side and Half Moon Bay is on the other side. It's beautiful. It's got like the fog coming off the reservoir water. It's amazing, right? Beautiful. 20 something years, me and this person have been driving past this fucking, (laughs) this reservoir. Never once, as she said, this is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because there's no trees there's no mountains there's i mean we don't live near water outside of like the there's like pond big ponds in our community and the water comes off the fog comes off the water you know but it's not the same it's just not the same and um so there's things that, that i miss though i've always enjoyed 
seeing views, you know, whether it's like the beach, the mountain, the sand dunes, yeah. like whatever it is, you know, golf, whatever it is. Um, I love to, I love to golf, but it's people think I love to golf because, and like most people think that the people love to golf, um, cause they love to play golf. And that's not true. I don't really love to play golf. I don't like to no. walk 19 holes I don't, or 18 holes. I don't like 19 holes <laughs> to the bar is the, well, the you do hole. walk to the 19, <laughs> 19 holes, so let's holes be honest. is the bar. Um, but no, I don't, I don't really like, I go there for the views, man. Like some of the scenery you can see on a golf course is absolutely okay. amazing. And when oh, you yeah. get into certain courses that are really taken care of and stuff, I mean, I know you're not supposed to, but I'll just, I'll, I'll take my shoes off and walk barefoot and I'll play the whole, I'll play the course barefoot. I fucking love it, man. It's so when nice. You got big old Flintstone yeah, I do feet, have Flintstone feet. <laughs> I do. I'm the only person I've ever met that has like more Flintstone feet than me. Like mine are like, I don't have big feet. I wear size 11, 11 and a half. But I don't have big feet, but they're wide wide but the only guy i've ever met was freaking uh benson henderson benson henderson he's got flintstone <laughs> feet. Big old those flintstone things feet. man jeez yeah. that's why i don't i don't know triple e yeah i don't know if it's how hard he kicks or if it's just the weight of those things just like a brick coming down on your <laughs> like a tree like just a tree stump dunk, yeah. dunk. um but that's it's the one thing that with and i love california mm -hmm. and it's it's a gorgeous state in a lot of places but the probably that was why I left was traffic, you know, time, time is the most valuable thing you have. Yeah. People don't realize that, especially when you're young, but it is the most valuable thing you have and how you spend it is important. Yeah. And when you're spending it sitting on a concrete strip with a bunch of cars around you and you can't move and it takes you basically three to four more hours than it should. For you to get from point a to point b that's when i said i'm done yeah and now i don't sit in traffic ever yeah. and it's like yep my and my wife just the other day we were driving she goes isn't it nice just to know you can just drive and you're never going to really hit traffic and if you hit an accident you either get out and help or yeah. it's already taken care of and are you sure that's yep. just not because there's no roads where you are now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only exactly where I live. Yeah. It's dirt now. <laughs> you, you, may, you may hit a cow or a pig or something across the road. You could hit a cow. <laughs> Dude, I tell you, you hit a cow, man, you're going to fuck up your vehicle. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. Did you see that video going online? This guy, he like pulls up to a moose on the, and the moose is, I don't know where they were at. They seem don't like fuck with moose. And he pulled up and he rolls down the moose. Oh, you big. He starts talking like he's a real man's man to the, to the moose. Oh, you think you're tough? You think you're tough? Oh, move out of the way moose that moose move. will fuck him up that thing took two steps back boom flat tire <laughs> started cracking up because his wife was just telling him don't mess with it da, da, da. and he's like oh you think you're tough moose huh think you're tough big guy da, da, da. And so i'll get out of this and smack you and then it takes two steps back and boom hits his car flat his tire the guy's like oh fuck and he turns the phone off because he's videoing it I thought I was hilarious. You dummy. Um, yeah. I've legit seen a moose. Like there was a, like a, a semi, not a semi, a, a dually. And he was, there was this little back road that used to go to my dad's property up in Idaho. And he was in the middle of the road. There was a line of maybe like 15 cars behind it. We were stuck, you know, nothing we could do. Just, people don't realize how big they are. They're enormous, oh. enormous. This thing is in the middle of the road, just looking right at the car. The dually nudges up and he, then he nudges it to try to get it to move off the road. That thing took two, three steps back and just fucking Boom. kept hitting the tr the car until he pushed oh, yeah. it off the road. Uh, kept hitting the car until he pushed it off the road. I was like, holy shit. I never thought they were that. I knew they were strong. 
I was oh, like, oh, it's too tall. It's never going to be able to get the leverage to get him. No. Oh, no. He just Strong pushed the front end of it. That that dually went from here, just like to the front end, and was off of the uh, was off of the uh, road, and then Dude, people just drove around his car. And like, you idiot. Okay, this is like this kind of. If you have animals, if you're a farmer or something, you understand how minute your strength is comparatively, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know it's like. And I when, when I just went and got a you know a donkey from some people and stuff and so I had a I have a baby donkey and the mom, well the mom doesn't know me and stuff so I'm trying to get it in the trailer right, man I'll tell you what you know put the whole when that when that donkey decided I'm not moving she wasn't moving <laughs> when I when I when I'm sitting there I'm petting her I put my arm around her her neck right and I'm petting her right she decides to raise up her head I was off the ground yeah. you know whoosh, boom yeah you know. It's amazing mm-hmm. how strong animals are. We are so weak in comparison. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even close. It's you know, crazy. I, I used to have a little bulldog. His name was McLovin. And he just, he was, <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> he's everywhere. But I mean, you don't know, like just that little guy. I mean, when he decided oh, yeah. he couldn't Stout run, when tank. he couldn't walk or run anymore, he would just sit. And then when you try to like pull him a little bit to give him like a nudge, come on, hop up. He was like, nope. There was just nothing. It was, you know, and we took care of ours. Like he had a small waistline. Like he was not overweight or anything. He was just, they, bulldogs are stubborn. You know, you've had bulldogs before. Oh, yes. And they're, they're the best, they're most lovingest dogs. Oh, they don't listen hysterical. for shit. They're stubborn as hell. They, stubborn as they hell. They make a mess. They blow their nose everywhere. They, they, they sleep with their head upside down and their <laughs> yeah. tongue on their eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but all they do is fart. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> they run through. You just yeah. can hear it everywhere they go, and then they just look at you like, "Do you hear that?" Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah not yeah, only did yeah. I hear it, I got the other end of it too. <laughs> well, like back to San Jose, like we just—it was one of the things. Like I just realized, I'm like, when you're when you're staying with family or you're staying with friends, you also feel a little bit like it's an inconvenience, and so it kind of makes oh. you want to get out of the house too, you know. And then you're being encouraged, like oh, you guys can't stay longer, and I'm like, I can see the looks on your faces, like. It's not. It's hard. It's as a grown man having people that stay in your house for longer than say like two, three days. It's yeah. like okay, like one day, two days, especially when the kids are around, yeah, they're great. all playing, having a great time. It's great. There's moments where you just need, even when you have your own space, it's like you don't really have your own space, and you just you have that feeling of, all right, I just want to get to my house. I just want to get home, and you know, and you may, you miss the family and the friends a lot, but it's like <clears throat> there, you just comes a point where, like you said, time is the most important thing, and spending time with your, 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 whether wife and kids or, you know, whoever you live with, whatever it is, your partner or whatever is it, it's up to you. It just, um, it feels good. It feels good just to be relaxed, you know? And, uh, yeah, I got laid in bed. I just laid on the couch, watched some TV and feet up and the Christmas tree on. I was like, Oh, this is nice fireplace going. Felt good. John to be home. Felt good. There you go. <clears throat> All right. Well, hey, we we got a lot of fight announcements that uh, Dana came up with. What yesterday, I believe, right? Was it yesterday or the day before? But I think it was yesterday. He was trying to cram them all in before Christmas, and uh, he came up with some good ones, man. Came up with some real good ones. So we thought we'd run through that, and then we're gonna have a midweek show. We are gonna have a Wayne in awards uh, before New Year's for the 2023 year. So John and I will do it. We're gonna pick a couple categories. We're gonna talk about. We're not gonna do like a full, you know. All this other stuff. Craziness. Yeah, craziness. But we will, we will do a panel and uh, we'll, we'll throw one or two in there that are fun. Um, and then. Um, so, no, so no MMA clothesline of the year? Clothesline. <laughs> 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 
Well, if uh, if Riddle does come back to fight, we could just put him right in there. Ooh, I like Ooh, that. There we go. He's got a. I think he's got a. Pretty, does he have a pretty good clothesline there, Dave? Uh, don't don't they remember. all? Don't they all? all right. They all do. <laughs> they all do. All right. Well, then uh, we're going to talk about these fights. And then John and I are going to do something special for you guys. We're going to do a thing called Matchmaker. We're going to put together just a, just a five-card fight that um that we'd like to see. Maybe we'll start doing this little thing uh, maybe once a month, you know, where we can kind of just throw something in that we talk about the fights that could be made and um, that we would like to see that are in the top 10 or in the top, whatever it is, but a five-card fight. If I was to stack and make like, hey, what could oh, my fight? Oh, now you're changing it up. We what were just it? saying, I thought we were doing, we were going to do three from the UFC, three, uh, two or three from the PFL okay. of ones that are coming and stuff, but can't put those all on the same card because then we're doing what we said we weren't going to do, and that's cross-promote. Can't do okay. that. Okay, so do you want to do a five-fight card just for the UFC and then a five-fight card for... All right, that sounds good. Okay. We'll do that. We can do that. Okay. So we'll do that. That means I actually have to think now. Jeez. <laughs> Damn. I need to do research days. is what I got to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right, well, hey, D- Dave, uh, what else you got for us? What, or not what else you got for us? What do you have for us? What do you want to start off with? Okay, leave the show, everybody. Um, Come on. Yeah, let's start with the first fight announcement. Uh, Yair Rodriguez versus Brian Ortega is going to be a five-round Coleman in, in Mexico City. Well, as, as I like to say, is that, you know, everyone, this is a rematch. Okay. <laughs> I love it, man. Oh, man. John and I were joking about it after. I was, like, I was like, wait, John, have they fought before? And then John goes, yeah, they have. And I'm like, I poke, right? And he goes, no, dummy. And I'm like... <laughs> Just start going on. I'm like, I, I, I don't recall it being like that good of a fight, though. Like, it wasn't long or anything, right? What happened then? He's like, shoulder, dummy. <laughs> so I'm like, that's right. That's right. So that's why Brian's been out for so long. Uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, before we get started on this first matchup, though, make sure you guys subscribe to us down below. Subscribe to us down below. Hit that little subscribe button and also hit the bell and the notifications. Look, it's the holiday given time. You can give us a subscription. Follow us down there below, and I uh, want to thank you guys for continuing. It's like a Christmas it's, present. It's a Christmas present. Hit yeah. that subscribe button. We want to thank you guys. Thank you. We're going to continue to give you guys some content, and uh, if you guys hit that uh, bell and the and the thumbs up, the bell will give you a notification when we drop our midweek shows. They will drop a little differently this week because really no one's at work, you know, and some people that are at work, uh, it gives you something to listen to while you're at work or in the ro- on the road, you know, driving to, to work. So hit that subscribe so really, button. Really what we're talking about is we got podcast Dave. He's at work. And then there's the two <laughs> bums <laughs> that are you and I. Yeah. Nice assessment. Nice assessment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nice. See, Dave? Nice I'm assessment. on your side now. John, how do you think this fight's going to go? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. You, you take a look at uh, this fight. It was going in in a fashion. You, yeah, you're gone to the ground. You would never think, you know, a lot of people were going to sit there and say, oh, it was a submission. You know, it wasn't a submission. He went to pull his arm out. The the shoulder separated. Shit happens. That's part of the human anatomy. I'm not saying that Yair didn't have something possibly to do with it. Kind of, maybe. But this is a fight where you really didn't get to see what was going to happen. The, the, the one thing that you saw was the fight could end up on the ground because the real thing you're looking at is... In the stand-up, look at Brian Ortega is a tough, mean, ornery bastard. Who I, I've known him since the start of his career, and I love him. And uh, he is a great person. 
his stand-up has gotten better and better, but Yair's stand-up is dynamic. And his stand-up is so uh, fluid in the way that he goes about it. And you you have got to take him out of his comfort zone. Now, he's not bad on the ground, but he's not as good as Brian Ortega on no. the ground. So they both have their strengths. And, you know, both are good, well-rounded fighters. The real question is, you know, can Brian put Yair in a position where he's uncomfortable? He's got to do that, and he's got to put him on the ground for it to be a fight that I think that he can win. Because if it's on the feet, I look at Yair Rodriguez basically just, you know, just putting shots mm -hmm. on Brian and making it a difficult night. The fight's got to end up on the ground with Brian Ortega in control of the positions of that fight for him to get the win. That's the way I look at it. I would say yes, normally. I would probably agree with every little assessment that you just made. Where is Yair mentally, though, after that last fight? That's a good, you know, it, it is a good question. And it's one of those, he's not riding the high. He's coming off of a low and one that he did not perform like he believed he could against that person. Yeah. I mean, at his age, the motivation is there. I know that oh, yeah. it could have, he's been able to perform under the bright lights, but there's a difference when you step in there for a title shot, for a real title shot for that, yeah. you know, to uh, become the man. There's a difference. Like everything, it seems like, man, this is everything I've worked for. You need know, the opportunity. It is. And it, it didn't perform. And to have that over him coming into this fight, knowing that Brian's beatable, that he can beat him if he fights a, a good fight. I don't, he doesn't need to fight a perfect fight. He just nope. needs to fight a good fight. Good fight. He's got yeah. good takedown defense. He's got great stand-up. He mixes it up very well. Brian is um, very uh, susceptible to being hit. We've seen him when he fought Max Holloway. We've seen him with other guys. You know, um, he he gets Volkanovski. hit. He's opened up. Yeah, Volkanovski. He he gets he opens up a lot when he strikes, and he gets he gets hit clean. He's got a great chin. He can take a shot. Um, <clears throat> we've seen he's a dog. He's someone that will stay in the fight no matter what. He chooses not to try and and get out of there. I guess when I'm looking at this fight, I'm gonna look at it from a different a couple different ways. Okay, <clears throat> one of the ways is. Brian Ortega can stand with him, but he's got to fight him more in a phone booth. He's got to put that pressure, keep Yair on the back foot. Yair still can fight. He fights. Yair's probably one of the best guys off of his back foot. He gets up. He gets the head kicks up real fast. Okay, the little kick to the thigh and the calf. Very good. Like, he's very good at fighting off his back foot. He can handle the pressure. He circles out very well. All of those things. He's got great cardio. In the last fight, it looked like he just had a hard time dealing with the actual title fight pressure. He doesn't have that pressure now. I think you're going to see the old Yair back. But I would like to say that Brian can stand with him in spurts. And he can, if he pressures him, will make it uncomfortable. Brian, I think, has got the power, though, too. If he starts landing a little bit on him, Yair may start kind of, not second guessing, but he might start, he might start thinking about if this is going the way that the last, his last fight went. It's easy to start thinking about that. Oh, man, do I still have it? Oh, man, I know he's young. I know he's still young. But those thoughts, believe it or not, fighters start questioning themselves in that cage. When you're sure. coming off of a loss, you don't, I don't want to lose two in a row. He's thinking about that. There's a lot that goes through his mind, John. You know that. It's part, it's part of being human. <clears throat> it's just, you know, the, the human mind goes in and people think that, oh, you're so focused on everything. You're thinking sometimes mm -hmm. about thoughts 
that have nothing to do with what you need to be thinking about right now. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you're right. I agree with you in that if I, if I'm Brian Ortega, I need to put him on his back foot. I need to fight within a boxing range, taking away the kicks mm -hmm. of Yair because he's got dynamic kicks as much as I can just with my placement and my footwork. But Yair Rodriguez fights well on the inside still. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't give him credit. He can fight at distance. He can fight on the inside. You know, take a look at just even, you know, when people are closing space on him, he does damage. Look at what happened with the Korean zombie in that upward elbow. Yeah. And that was a fight he was losing. Mm -hmm. There was no doubt he was losing that fight. And that last second elbow, that was done in tight. <clears throat> He's dangerous. But this fight on the ground... It's. I look at it. I know. I agree. Brian Ortega's got heads and heads and uh, shoulders above him. And shoulders, of, yeah. yeah, above him in in terms of the ground. But Yair's no slouch off of his back, no, and he's no he's slouch not. when he's on top either. But he, we saw in the last fight, he threw up that triangle and started attacking aggressively on Brian. I think that kind of gave Brian a little bit of a reality check. Like, oh, he's not afraid of me on the ground. He's okay with you know mixing it up with me on the ground. But I look at the same way that you look at Brian on the feet, the same way we look at Brian on the feet, he's got to do it in spurts. He can't allow himself to just hang out on the on the ground or Brian's going to tear him up. Yep. Yair's got to make his submissions, you know, look you for his submissions. Moments. Yeah, look for his sweeps and his submissions and then look to get, get back, back to, to his feet strength. and circle yeah. and get away. You know, and when he circles to get away, he's got to make Brian pay. So as he's circling out, he's got to make sure that he's, uh, that he's making Brian uh, re respect him. As I circle, boom, throw a little leg kick. Boom, as I circle through the right hand, head kick. Whatever it is to keep his hands loyal to his chin. Because otherwise, <clears throat> Brian's going to keep just rushing after him and walking him down and trying to land the big shot. So I want to see where Yair is mentally, which I think he's going to be back on track. I understand, like, man, this wasn't my night. And it showed when he came out, he wasn't fighting his style of fight. It showed that it wasn't his night. And then with Brian, yeah. my concern with Brian is is a legit concern is that in his last, what say, can you pull up his record in his last, I think four fights, he's dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of big, like a lot of big, uh, big time fights, but there we go. He's only won one in his last four, Max Holloway, Alex and Yair, all three studs that he's lost to. Don't get me wrong. And then he beat Frankie before that. <clears throat> yeah, only once a year too. That's what I'm concerned about is the inactivity. And then on top of it, it's not inactivity as in, let me just take some time and, you know, and rest and train. And this. no, no, no. It's inactivity from injuries or from, I think he broke his, his orbital in the max fight. He <clears throat> did not fight. Oh yeah. He did not fight in 2023. You know, so did not fight. It's a long, it's a long time off. I'm, I'm excited to have him back. But when he comes back, he's only fighting. Every time he comes back, he's only fighting the best guys, which I, I give him credit for. But you sometimes need a fight that you can you can get yourself back into you the rhythm of, of training and flow. You can breathe. Like, okay, let me get this win. I got this win. And But a lot of that has to do with John, with one thing with the – not just the UFC. With one thing with your promoter is you're having to fight all the best guys. Maybe you want it. And a lot – but – it's, it has to do with the money. They sure. must be paying you really well if they're giving you, if they keep continuing to give you the number one contender every single time. Yeah. It, but it puts him in a position to fight for the title again, Brian Ortega. The other you thing know? he's got to really, you know, you've got to take into consideration 
this is being fought in Mexico City. That's 7,000 feet up. You better get your ass to Mexico City about a month before yeah. that fight and get yourself prepared for that elevation. If you don't, it's going to have an effect on the fight. Yeah. Cain <clears throat> Velasquez knows, you know. And was- that's a guy that you know everyone looked at. That's a cardio monster. And he is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to... It, it doesn't change. Yeah. It's the location changed, and you could see the effect. That was the that the not the last time. The first time I ever saw Yair was uh was in Mexico City. He came out, and he exploded onto the scene with all this flying stuff. Had a great fight. That was the same card that Eddie Alvarez and yeah, Gilbert Melendez fought. Gilbert Melendez. That it was um because that was they had the Latin America uh, tough. Okay, and Yair was one of the yeah. finalists in that. Yeah, yeah, and um, man, I was like, man, this kid's everywhere. I was like, holy yeah, shit, he was everywhere. Uh, but no, great cardio. But that I've noticed that the fighters that normally have great cardio are the ones that struggle at altitude. Yeah, and because they're because they're they're not used to that. Yeah. Yep, it's that push. They're used to just being able to push through the the fatigue. And when we had Kane, if you guys haven't seen, we had Kane on recently, probably about I don't know what a month and a half ago, we had him on. And um, he talked about his experience and, and that type of series. Like, I just got back to the corner after the first round. He's like, I, I was just dead, just dead. No feeling like my, I couldn't lift my arms. I couldn't, I was dead. I was like, water, like they gave me water in my mouth. They just poured right out. <laughs> it just, well, it's, it's just something that you, as you know, as someone like Kane, you are unfamiliar with that while someone else might be familiar with it because that's just the way they normally are. When you're unfamiliar with it, it has an effect. I mean, and it's like, what, what's wrong with me? Yeah. What's wrong with you is you're not getting as much oxygen. Yep. You know? and, and and when I went back and talked to Gilbert after that fight, and I talked because he fought Eddie Alvarez on that card, the two of them, yeah. that card, both Eddie and him looked exhausted after they like were. a round. It was just they were they came out slinging, and then it just they just that fade, the fight just started fading. There wasn't a lot of activity and. Everyone's like, man, it's got to be the altitude. And I always wondered why do why do promotions even bother? Why why even bother doing shows? And you want to know why? Huh. Here, here, here's the truth. And I've always said this, and it's just you know, it has nothing to do with whatever promoter it is. Oh, we want to go there. That's because you're not fighting. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you're not having to deal with where you want that fight to be. It's a bitch. Uh-huh. You know, I don't care who you are, man. It is has a significant impact on the fights. Yeah. I, yeah, it actually does. And sometimes the, the impact is so much that the fight doesn't end up being good. Yeah. Which sucks because, like, a fight like this, you hope that it ends up being good, which I think it will. Bro, I've yet to see Brian in a boring-ass fight. You know? <laughs> the guy just he fights his ass off. So I'm looking forward to this fight. This rematch, of course. Yes, thank you very much. Yes, yes. I'm glad you pointed that out to me. And uh, John, we didn't even talk about the fact that it's five rounds. Oh, that is true because it's a co-main because the main is going to be Brandon Marino and Albazi. Yep. And so the fact that they made this, they they looked at it and said, hey, this has got to be a five-round fight. I agree with them. Again, I may not agree if it's in Mexico City, but it does need to be a five-round fight. These guys are of that level. And... uh, it it's too short to have it as a three round fight. I don't. I know that sounds weird, but it really is. 
Well, the only reason why I think it should be a five-round fight is because it should be a title eliminator. Whoever fights, yeah. whoever wins this fight should fight for the title. I know Yair just got a shot, but I think he should. I think yeah, there should be. he's right there still. Yeah, he's still right there. And I think if Brian beats Yair, I think he should get a title shot. Both of them. So whoever wins gets a gets a title shot after um, who's fighting next for the title against uh, Tapuria or Volkanovski. Yeah. And if Tapuria wins and beats Volk, then you know Yair would end up fighting Tapuria. No, because you know what's going to happen. They're going to do a rematch. Automatic yes. rematch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Automatic. And, okay. and hold on, you got to you got to look and say we say it all the time. Yeah, you know it depends on. That's a situation with Volkanovski. Yeah, he deserves it. If he lost to Tapuria, he would deserve that rematch. I think if Volkanovski lost to Tapuria, he should take about six months off. And enjoy oh, I know, time. but he won't. He, he won't. But I, I feel like he should. Take six months off, come back re- invigorated. You know, just kind of that excitement to be back in the, in, the, in the training room, excitement to be back inside the cage, give your brain some time to heal. Those kind of oh, things, yeah. you know, do a bunch of mushrooms, all that stuff. So, <laughs> uh, all right. What else you got for us, Dave? All right. Next fight here. We got the third attempt to Paul Costa versus third Robert Whitaker. It is a third attempt. And I, I, I think this is a great matchup. I've said it before. I thought, you know, I was, I was upset when it fell apart, you know, the couple times before, but they keep on trying to put this back. So someone recognizes that this could be a hell of a fight. It really depends on which Robert Whitaker comes. If it's the guy that does look for takedowns or time, or if it's the guy that is always just, I'm good being on the feet. And I'm not sure that that's the fight you want to be in with Paulo Costa. You know, people can say whatever they want about Costa. He has proven he is, he's got a chin. He can take big shots. He's, He's got power. He's got speed. He does get a little tired in that third round. That's, you know, that's happened, you know, in the past and stuff. But this right now, if you're Paulo Costa and you take a look at those two times that they had this fight scheduled and now looking at Robert Whitaker, you're going, now's the time. Now's yeah. the time. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Paulo Costa hasn't fought those since uh, Luke Rockhold, correct? Because right. he pulled out of a fight uh, in between. Was it this fight yeah. that he pulled out of? I thought it was another fight that he pulled out of. No, it wasn't, wasn't it him right. and Strickland? Chimaev. Chimaev. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, <clears throat> this fight on the feet could be a fun fight. I think Whitaker may try to get a couple takedowns, but I don't think he's going to shoot raw dog and just be out there just trying to shoot to get the fight to the ground. I think he's going to get into the exchanges. When they get too close, he'll try to get the takedown from there. On the feet, I think the kicks to the calf kicks and all those things from Whitaker will lead to some good stand-up exchanges. He just got to be very careful in that first round. Paul Costa got a lot of power. He's got power in the second and the third, but the activity is not there. Not and, much, yeah. and look, when you're approaching somebody like a, uh, Paul Costa, the way you approach them is it's dangerous. But you approach them as in a <clears throat> automatic pressure Try to make them fight off their back foot. Make them use energy even when they're not fighting. And Rob Whitaker has the fight IQ to do this. He can make him miss, make him pay, keep him on the back foot, make him circle, make him do all the things to make him uncomfortable, which burns more energy, even without him throwing punches. And then when he does explode, he, he explodes because he feels that pressure. Oh, you're getting too close. It's like a dog that's like sitting back in the corner, 
just waiting and waiting. He's just angry and getting mad. You're getting too close. He's growling at you. He's barking at you. He's doing all these things. And finally, he has to lunge at you and snap at you. He uses a lot of energy. How lions are pretty much. You know, they wait, they wait, they wait, and then they explode. And then obviously, the lions don't hunt for very long. If they don't get their prey, they don't get their prey. That's how I feel like when I watch Paulo Costa fight. That's how he is. He waits and he waits and he waits, and then he explodes. A little bit like Yoel Romero. He yeah. waits and waits and waits, and then he explodes and he uses a lot of a lot of energy, and then he tries to wait for his tank to fill back up again before he can go and get another piece of the action. Robert Whitaker's got to put that uncomfortable pressure against him, you know, in that first round and make him use as much energy as he can. Because kind of like how my career went was the first round I normally lost and had to win rounds two and three. I feel like that's the way he's got to approach this fight, uh, Robert Whitaker. He's got to take chances in the first, maybe give up the first round, okay. But second and third, he's got to really pour it on. He's got to make him fight. You got to make him uh, wrestle. He's got to make him do everything in his power to make it a full MMA fight. And then I think he'll start to start start maybe to pull away. Because you look in that Luke Rockhold fight, John, he was tired. He was exhausted like Luke was. Both of them were exhausted. It was in Utah also. Yes, this is correct. This is correct. It was in Utah. <clears throat> so, um. I think if he fights, if Whitaker fights him that way, I think he can have a successful night. Yeah. But it's a great, great fight. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. So. Next one, Dave. Uh, Yuri Prochaska and Alexander Rakic at USC 300. Is this the main event? No. 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 Come on. Oh, sorry. Come UFC on. 300. I didn't. I'm sorry. I was just thinking Boys. something. I was thinking this was like a fight night main event. This might not even be on the main card. Shut your whole mouth with that nonsense. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. There you is no way they're not going to have this fight on the main card. You watch. John, these guys are both, first off, they're what, 205 pounders? Yes. Heavier guys always get the nod. Okay, the lighter guys will miss. They won't be on the fucking main card. Damn by. <clears throat> this fight will be on the main I'm card. I'm going with Dana. What? Dana has said you're going to mm -hmm. see guys, ex-champions, people... First yep. fight of the prelims. Yep. The, the way he's spinning it makes it sound like we're gonna have five title fights in the main card. That's the way he's that's the way he's gonna set things a four, up. Right that's a five hour night. That's a long it's night. It's a long night. <laughs> that's a five hour main card night. People are not gonna they're gonna lose interest. No. He's <laughs> he's not stupid. He's not stupid. We did we tried to do four, right? For uh, Bellator. Yep. And yep. it fell apart. That didn't work. And I gotta be honest. I was glad it fell apart, John, <laughs> because it just you, once you realize four title fights, if they all five or all five, all four go the distance. If all five go, man, we're in real trouble. Yeah. If all four go the distance, they all go five rounds. Your crowd, I mean, depending on the fight, it could end up being your crowd just ends up getting restless and people at home end up getting restless. And so but this fight, I think this is a tough fight for Rackets coming racket coming back off of the knee injury. Yes. And but especially coming back with someone as awkward, yeah, as Yuri, because no matter how much you watch Yuri, he's not the same guy he was the fight before. He has some little tendencies that are the same, but he's not yeah. the same. He's a spinning back fist. He'll do two spinning back fists back to back. He'll, you know, he'll try to wrestle one fight, and some fights he'll just try and stand. I mean, like you never know what you're gonna get. I mean, that's what makes him fun and entertaining. But yep. I've always, I always thought because I'd never seen Rakic really. He got pushed in a couple fights, but I haven't seen him with somebody that I think that could get him off track. I was looking at Rackett kind of being the next, the next per he's a 
he's got tall, he's long, he's oh, built like a Greek god. Like he uh he's got he's a, a great fight. He's got a great fighting style. He's slick on the feet. I think this this is one of those fights where this could be his coming out party if he hasn't lost a step. He's been out for a year and a half. 18, yeah. 18 months. Yeah, or so. It's been a while. Away. It's been a while. But it's, uh, I, I like this fight a lot. I do like it. I just want to know if we're going to get the somewhat of the same guy we saw when he was leaving because he was operating at a very high it's level when he left. It's a tough fight to come back on <clears throat> from a long layoff because you're looking at fighting a guy who was just in, you know, well, he was the champion, gave up the title, then came back, lost it to, you know, the his attempt to regain it from Alex, but man, it's a tough fight. Tough fight. I mean, how does your, like John, how you gotta give me more than that, man. You can't just, we can't let our fans just walk away with just that. It's a tough fight. It's just a tough fight. John, well, give me more. It, how does Yuri get it done? How does stand, stand up wise? I look at racket. He's the more, he's obviously the more technically smooth stand up fighter. Not that Yuri's not smooth. He's just, he does things that are, unorthodox and he 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 fights out of a kind of a bladed karate stance a lot but it's his ability to control that range by that awkwardness and and unorthodox style so what happens with many fighters with him is they stop they you know all of their offensive production becomes they wait because they're waiting to counter him and they wait too long, and they he, they get hit, and their counter doesn't doesn't either go off or it doesn't you know land on its mark, and he just starts taking those shots and putting them on you, and more and more, and they just start adding up. Mm-hmm. If I look at the ground, Yuri's a lot better on the ground than people understand. He's actually he's got great top position. Off of his back, he's not that good, but on the ground in the top position, he's got a hell of a base. He's hard to move. And he can control a lot of fighters. And Rakic is not one that I think is going to be able to just get up from him. It's going to be tough for him to get up. So he's got to be careful about getting taken down. Now, Yuri sometimes will go for takedowns, sometimes won't. You just never know. But he will work out of the clinch. And when he works out of the clinch, his clinch work is actually damn good. He throws good sharp elbows. He throws a lot of knees to the legs which just slows down his opponent. He's very systematic in the way he approaches breaking down his opponent. Rakic has got to, in my opinion, be offensive. He's got to be the lead. Don't wait. If you wait on Yuri, you're probably going to end up second best. So you've got to be the lead. Be the person that goes out there. Make him have to deal with what you want to do. That was much better than this is a great fight. Thank you. <laughs> that was much better, man. I'm, I, I gotta sometimes pull it out of you. It, well, it's it's one of those. It's hard to you know. I feel bad for Rakic in the fact that he's coming off a knee injury. Anytime you come off of a knee injury, even after you've been in practice, you always worry about that first kick, the first time that you shoot, have to drive off of it. All those things. It's just like, is it is it going to be there? And then when it is, it kind of yeah. sets you free a little bit. But he's got that going. He's got a long layoff going, and he's got the fact that he's fighting an unorthodox guy who is tough. So, you know, Dave, can you pull up the like the two of them and the side by side? I want to see like the reach. I want to see the height. 
Racky, I, I feel like, is the taller, They're longer close. fighter, but they no, are. No, he's, not, he's definitely not taller. They're about right about the same. Around the same? Yeah, I just feel like when They're I see Rack last time I last time I saw Racky in there, he got hurt. But I'm saying that he seemed like he was the a, a lot bigger than his opponent that he was fighting. I think or just well, body I, wise, they're both close to like six four. Man, that's insane. as far as uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give this to him right now. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, but I, I look at I look at Rackett, working hard right now. Yeah, I look at Racky though too. They, I think the UFC understands what they have with him. They look like they were kind of putting him in that his last fight. Who did he lose to his last fight? Was it who? Which one? No, Rakic. Wasn't it Yon? Um, oh, Yon. It was Yon. Yep. Yon. Okay. Because it looked. I was gonna say it looked like he was uh, getting ready to be set up for a title shot if he won that fight. I think that yeah. he was seeded number five. I think four or five at the time. Yeah, he was right in. That. Yeah, he was right in that mix. Mm. So for them to even start considering you into that mix. Normally, there's been some sort of contract negotiation that says, hey, we want to make sure we have you locked for about five fights, six fights, somewhere in there before we start telling you you get a title shot. And, um, and yeah, I think. Um, so Yuri's six foot four and Rackett six foot five. Okay, okay. And then yeah, Reach. Both the same we, age. What do we got on Reach there? We don't have it. Well, we, it doesn't show Reach. <laughs> it's okay. Nah, it's the one thing it doesn't show. It's okay. It's okay. But I mean, I, I look at Rackett and I was like, he seems like he's a, a he's like you said the karate style stance makes him long. He fights long, a little bit like a Machida. He is bladed a lot more. I love that style um, because when you're fighting someone like a Yuri, he's gonna walk down. The thing that is, Yuri doesn't have great wrestling, like you were saying. He sometimes will shoot takedowns. His wrestling is not great. His timing no. though on the takedown attempts is not bad. I mean, if you go back and watch some of his fights in the exchanges, he knows when to shoot. He'll shoot as you're committed to your strike. So yeah. he'll shoot off of those. And he, his timing on it is pretty damn good for someone who doesn't wrestle a lot. The style in which he gets takedowns is not great. You know, it's kind of a, let me hold, let me grab the waist and hopefully I can drag you down or try to get under the butt. He doesn't come, but he also doesn't come from a conventional. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Background too, so. But this fight does have me excited. I, this Maybe this fight will be uh, the opening fight on the main card, John, because John just put it all the way down to the opening fight on the prelims. <laughs> That's what he said it earlier. May be, so. It may be the the preliminary main, main event. event. How's that? <clears throat> Man, put some respect on these guys' names. I got <laughs> respect for both of them, but that supposedly that card, I'm believing what Dana White says is going to be unbelievable. Okay. But let's look at this, though. Okay. You have that fight right there that we just talked about, and then you've got uh -huh. Aljamain Sterling and Calvin Cater. Preliminary fight. I'm putting that fight on the main card over the big guys, but it won't happen. It won't happen. You're going to put the big guys on there first because the little guys get no so respect. So you're saying this is a preliminary no fight? Preliminary fight. I'm saying that Dana's going to put it on the prelims because Dana doesn't like Aljo. Like, like we like Aljo. We love Aljo. I love Aljo. I like Aljo. I just want, I want to see Aljo get some respect on his name, man. This is a great fight. Calvin Cater stylistically is a perfect this matchup is for him. This fight at 145. Though. Yes, I know. But, John, if I was going to pick a fight for Aljo in the 145-pound division, it would have been Calvin Cater. It would have okay. been Calvin Cater. Because you believe that he can outgrapple him. Yes. I don't believe it. I, I know. I know he can outgrapple him. Well, hold on. That's if he can get him to the ground. He can get him to the ground. Uh, don't be too sure, baby. Get him the ground, Calvin. I tell you what, Calvin's going to be putting some strikes on Al Jermaine. Mm -hmm. 
He's very tight with his stand-up. Mm-hmm. He's good at keeping his hands down low also. He doesn't keep his hands real high. He keeps his hands a little bit lower, and that helps him with his takedown defense. You know that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's got pop. And if there's one thing, one thing that we've seen, if the Aljo is uh, he's a phenomenal fighter, but guys that have power give him problems mm-hmm. because it slows down his takedown attempts and his his ability to get inside mm-hmm. which is that, that's not just him that's fighters and, you know power power makes a difference because it makes you go ooh i can't get hit by that much yeah i look at if you go back and watch the Cain velasquez rda fight fight number two not number one <clears throat> is he ne- they never fought though they never fought. RDA is too small for Cain. Oh, this is right. Sorry. <laughs> God. Oh, did I say RDA? You did. Oh man. Did. Okay. So, um, uh, JDS. Yeah, JDS. Sorry. <laughs> RDA. Man. Anyway, RDA. JDS. It's a three name thing. All the same. It's, it's like alphabet. Yeah, it's a three name thing. It's like alphabet. Um. So JDS. If you watch that fight, Kane takes out the equation of him being hit or clipped real hard by shooting low-level singles for the first two minutes of the fight until he can work yeah. his way up to the He's bottom. almost crawling. Almost crawling after him. Yeah. Look, at points like this in the fight when he fought, when Aljo fought Sugar Sean, you got to let your, and I know this wasn't an ego thing. I'm just simply saying, Kane put his ego to the side and was like, there's no way I'm losing to this guy. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't care if I have to look like I'm crawling after him or I am crawling after him in the first round. But once I work my way up to this body, he's going to get the business. And that's exactly what happened in that fight. Aljo needs to take, because Calvin Cater is not, he does kick, but he's not a, he doesn't kick a lot. No, he's, he's boxing, boxing center. Yeah. And so in that, when I, when I look at that, I'm like, he's going to have to reach real down to get it. Like it's a, kind of the approach I should have taken with Patricky. It very much should have just said, you know what? Shoot low level, shoot low level, keep chasing him, keep making him work. You know that they're not going to jump on you and try to and try to submit no, you. They know back they, off and make you get up. Yep, so exactly. What? So what? You're in the I'm, same spot. I'm in exactly where I would have been had I not gotten it. So ex- this is it. Better than getting clipped. Aljo's got to make that happen for the first uh, for the first round. Make him fight by by backing out, trying to fight off his back foot. Go and take a look at. I don't know. Some people maybe didn't think it was a great fight, but but a. Um, but the style and the fight IQ of John Fitch when he fought Rory McDonald. Sorry, man, but it was brilliant. It was smart. I mean, he just looked like you look like your opponent's constantly running from you. He's not having any offense because he's afraid to pull the trigger because I'm going to shoot on you. If you fight that style of fight, I think that uh, Aljo can get uh, he can control the back. And once he gets to the back, he'll be there for the whole round. I believe he'll be there for the whole round if he doesn't yeah. get if he doesn't get the submission. No, he definitely has, has the ability to stay there. You know, I look at him and Patchy Mix very similar in certain styles. You know, yeah. they're they're grappling uh, a little bit of their wrestling. I say Aldo's got a little bit better wrestling, but Patchy doesn't take the chances to shoot. He knows how to get there with his strikes into the body lock. He utilizes different types of position to get in tight, single leg to the body lock, get the hooks, the grapevine. Uh, they're a little bit different in the wrestling category. Patchy has a unique style, which benefits him. And then Aljo used more of a wrestling centric to get in on it. But definitely, definitely very uh, entertaining fight, man. This, to me, I think is a better, I don't say better. They're both great fights. But the 205-pound fight that we just talked about for sure will make it higher than this fight. And this fight, to me, interests me a lot more. 
It's all right, man. So, little guys. So, so go ahead and say it. They're going to end up on the prelims. <laughs> they're going to end up on the prelims. We'll this see. Is, this is 300, right? Yeah, this is. 300, yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're going to end up. A, that's a great fight. They, it is a great fight. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you what, you got to give it up. You know, Aljamain going up to 145. He ain't taking an easy, easy right. fight. Mm-mm. Cater can fight, man. He, no, he can't. So. Wait, pull up the, the 145 pound rankings. I mean, John, if you were to look for a matchup for him, for Al- Aljo, who yeah. would have been a perfect matchup for maybe Brian Ortega, but, Brian, but Brian's fighting for the title. But I would say, who would, who would you Brian's have? not fighting for the title. I'm oh, sorry, not Brian. Brian's not fighting for the title. He's <laughs> well, against Yair. We just talked about it. Um, but uh, who would you have picked? In the top? For Aljo. 15? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if, like, yeah, I would say in the top 10. You know, you can't, Top you can't, 10? I wouldn't disrespect him like that. I mean, I feel like Calvin Cater is probably the threshold if of where I would have if, if I was, uh, the UFC, the UFC. Well, no, if I, if I was, uh, if I was Aljo's team, the guy I would have picked is Giga Chikaze. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that because you know, he has nothing on the ground. Yeah, no, nothing. he has, you, dude, if you, when, once you get him to the ground, it's over. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. I would have said maybe Bryce Mitchell before that knockout. No, nah, see, but Bryce Mitchell matches up well with. Yeah. Uh, it would have been a fun but, fight. It would have been, been a fun fight, but if I'm if I am Aljamain's team, mm-hmm. I'm looking for the fight that hey, I have a distinct advantage somewhere. Where am I going to? Where is that advantage going to come in? And I'm going to say it's going to be against Giga. Now, obviously, in the standup. Giga's a monster. You're going to have to get past that, but you have a, a definitive route to winning this fight by getting a takedown. Well, let's say Aljo goes out there and gets a submission against Calvin Cater in the first or second round. I mean, where do you jump him then? I mean, he's a former champion. Yeah. You know, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. And um, where do you Who jump him? my next matchup? Yeah. Arnold Allen. And then after that, that, that's gonna be a tough one because Arnold's yeah. big, yeah, for that weight class yeah. too. But I, th- I actually think I think Aljamain's gonna he's gonna fare, f- you know, pretty well at forty five as far as his size. He's he's a muscular guy and he was losing a lot of weight, yeah, you know, for his fights. And so I think the the ten pounds is gonna help him as far as the way he feels for the fight, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes just feeling better I mean, makes your fight better. So, well, these guys like. Will we see a jump in performance like we saw with Figgy in that fight? When Figgy came up to 135, will we see a jump in performance uh, with Aljo at 145? We're going to find out. We're going to find, find out. out. Do you think we yeah, will? That's... I don't know because I didn't think he fought. You know, I thought that there was clear indications from Devinson that he was losing too much weight. You could see that he would get tired, or, tired in fights. Now that he had a, you know, the, his second fight against Brandon Moreno just looked like, you know, even his first fight he got tired, and his second fight just no energy there. The third fight he looked good, so I'm, I, you know, I can't say it, but yeah. you saw times that he absolutely was falling off of the cliff as far as his output, his energy, it just wasn't there. I haven't seen that. Mm. with aljo at 135 yeah he's got energy he's got output he goes out there and he fights and so 
I haven't seen, you know, him have the same problems as what I saw Figueredo was having at 125 with the cut. So he's the one that knows exactly how much it's affecting him. We're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that he'll have a little bit of a speed advantage in the grappling and the wrestling against certain oh, fighters. Yeah. You know, um, he's going to have a little bit of a, cause like with, with Figgy, he, you could tell when he came up to 35, he just seemed so much quicker. He just yeah. seemed really, now that's going to change with the, depending on who the opponent is. Yes. But, um, but I think Calvin Cater, cause he does just kind of slowly methodically walk you down and just try to box, box you off a couple kicks here and there. Um, he's got to, I think he's going to avoid the kicking probably a little bit more, even more so in this fight yeah. to avoid getting the, the leg caught in the takedown. And Aljo wants to fight. It's a ground, good top pressure. Will the strength be a factor? The size be a factor? I don't think so because Aljo does cut a lot of weight. He fills out quite a bit when he's out of camp. And um, the, I, I like this jump up for him. Just my only concern with him in the jump up is that when he gets to the Brian Ortega, he's huge. When he gets to the Max Holloway, they're kind of they're they're big for the weight. So oh, that's yeah. where I'm wondering, like, man, where is this going to benefit you? Um, that's where you're going to have your hearts. But we're going to see cream rise to the top. But after, if he does beat Calvin Gator, I would like to see him because he was um, a champ. He did defend his title several times. I'd like to see him fight Max Holloway because Max is in this no man's wow. land. Yeah, yeah. Max is like in this no man's land of, okay, what's next for me? What am I doing? You know, like I'd like to, I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Max Holloway. If I agree with you on the Arnold Allen, if he can't get to Max, then go to Arnold. I, I agree, but I'd like to see the Max fight. You know, it's a good matchup. Former champion versus former champion. Great yeah. matchup. Yeah. So would be interesting. Next. Ah, Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. Cody coming off of a uh, a big win, that big slam. It was the second slam in a row. I, I think his was the second one. Mm -hmm. But uh, Cody Leon lives off of uh, his wrestling is good. It ain't good compared to Bo Nichols, man. And uh, we've seen the one thing I've, you've seen. Cody Brundage has a hard time. I don't want to say this in a bad way because I really like him as a fighter because I do think he's got talent. Having talent and having confidence are two different things. And Bo Nickel has confidence. Bo Nickel, he has confidence that I can out-wrestle you, I can out-strike you. Cody Brundage is now taking this fight, and no matter what, Josh, in the back of his mind, and all wrestlers do this, they look at this and they go, they don't even, they tell, they outwardly they say, yeah, it's not a wrestling match, it's MMA. This ain't a wrestling match. This is MMA. But in the back of their mind, they go, God damn, he was a good wrestler. God mm -hmm. damn, he can wrestle. God damn, you know, if, if it was a wrestling match, I, and it's just sitting there. And, and it, it festers, it brews. And I just look at this and, you know, Bo Nickel is what now 2 0 in the UFC. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's going to be a monster. He's going to be, I, I'm telling you right now. Bo Nickel will be part of my matchmaking. Okay, I'm just giving it to you. Okay, I, I just I just looking at it right there. I was like, "Yep, he's he's going to be part of it." And I know who I would put him against. Okay, but uh, this is not what I would say is a good matchup for Cody Brundage. It's not a good matchup for him at all. And 
I, I don't want to. I'm not talking trash in the UFC. This is a smart play by them. They're yes. they're doing the Conor McGregor thing a little bit. Yes, they are. And and Bo, you know what's funny is that Bo is confident. Bo doesn't. He's got. Hey, I like his trash talk because it comes. From he doesn't there. really trash talk bad. Yeah, he did not trash talk bad, but he he does have a way of trash talking. And what I like is that it's a type of trash talk that comes with confidence of who I of what I've achieved already. Yes. So I have that room. I've got what that. I've done. I should be given that leeway to say these things because I am the best wrestler probably in this whole uh, promotion. I mean, if who 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 else is in there that would be a better wrestler than him? The only one you could put next to Henry Henry Sue Henry. Yeah, I think that'd be about it. I mean, in in terms of an American wrestling style. Well, American wrestling style. Bo Nickel's the best. If you're talking folk style, yeah, we're talking folk style. Yeah, we're talking folk, that, if we're talking just yeah, I think just in wrestling in general, folk style. Bo Nickel's yeah, the best Bo Nickel would be the best. Henry Henry's a yeah, I get it. Henry's a freestyle yeah, freestyle international wrestler yeah. Um, when I look at Bo, he's got power in the hands. He knows he doesn't have to worry about really getting taken down. He'll out scramble you. If you go back and watch some of his college wrestling matches, there's no, there's like absolutely no quit. There's no quit. Like this guy will, he will be there. Even when it's a five round fight, he will be there. He, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the ginger in him. I don't know, but he's got, he's got, he's <laughs> no, got, he's got the, you no have quit. got to separate Bo nickel from his senses. Yep. That's how you beat him. I'm I, not saying it can be done. I'm not, you know, well, well, obviously, it can be done. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be easy to do. But there's, I mean, you can maybe, here's the other thing. There's maybe you can catch him in some sort of transition and when he's when he's wrestling. You can get the, the guillotine, get the arm and guillotine. Did you ever, did you watch his match against Gordon Ryan? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Gordon Ryan was bigger. Yeah. Okay. And now Gordon Ryan obviously knew where he was going to be strong and Bo Nickel knew where he was going to be strong. And, and so it was a matter of, Gordon had a hell of a time trying to get him to the ground. Yeah. You know, couldn't really do it. But we're talking about, you name me a better uh, no-gi jujitsu stylist than Gordon Ryan. Is that, a serious, is that a serious question? Yeah. John, there is none. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> John, I was like, is that a serious question? And that guy went with him for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... I get what you're saying. I do. And and that was a while ago. Yeah, it was. I think because he's, I think he's a smart fighter. He's been, he was always a smart wrestler. I think he's a smart fighter. I think what he did before he jumped into the sport is that he understood these are the positions that I could get caught in. Guillotine, arming guillotine, dar, side yeah. choke, all these type of things. Just in exchanges in me wrestling, my, my neck being caught basically in all of them. <clears throat> I think he just practiced and drilled and just and focused on the defense for those if he had to and um, where he should keep his head, turtle his head at certain points to make sure that his neck wasn't available um, and turn to the corner, um, getting in the wrestling, turn to the corner, getting more to the back, you know, and then getting to the waist, you know, yep. being able to hold around the waist versus in, in wrestling, you're not able to when they're on yeah, the ground, lift and, and slam. And you also can't, being able to take and clasp your hands together mm-hmm. and hold people totally different yeah this is not a good matchup for cody and um cody's gonna have to he's gonna have to catch him in the transition in the wrestling or he's gonna have to get the knockout 
And I think in this fight, I think that Bo's going to keep this fight on the feet. He's going to try. He's been talking about it for a while now. He's going to show his stand-up. I know we saw it in the last fight, you know, with the big shots. But I'm saying that I think in this fight, he wants to showcase more of his stand-up. In terms of, oh, look it, I have good stand-up. I have clean stand-up. I'm not just a wrestler who can get, you know, past your guards like a hot knife through butter and just boom right to the submission. I'm not just that guy. You know, I'm not going to be that guy. He can be. I think he can pick and choose when he wants to be that guy when your wrestling's that good. Yep. You know, that's the benefit of of being a good wrestler. People, I think you have to, if you're at home watching fighters, oh, why is he wrestling? Because he can. Because he can. (laughs) Because it's smart. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's got all the tools, man. I like I like his confidence trash talk. I like the way um, I like what he's doing right now. So I'm excited to see uh, where he leads. What I'm not looking past Cody, but matchup wise, this is a favorable matchup for for Bo Nickel. Yeah. Next fight. You want me to? Yes. Go. I'm all sorry. Right. Did I take that from you, Dave? Yeah. You you breathe. I apologize. Then kind of hard, and I was like, oh, John's going. John's going <laughs> to okay. take this one. <laughs> sorry. Breathing kind of <laughs> breathing um, kind of hard. <laughs> Aaron Blanchfield versus Manon Fioro at UFC Fight Night at Atlantic City in March. Mm-hmm. When was the last time they were in Atlantic City? A long time. Jeez, a long man. Time. Woo. A long time. Yeah. What, what hotel were they? Where would they be going for that? Uh, probably Boardwalk. Yeah, I figured boardwalk that. But like where? But oh, the same, oh, the same, the old school one. Because weren't they having them at the Revel for a second? The Another? Rev. The Rev is it the Rev, yeah. And then they went out of business. I think. Did they go out of business? They went in business. They opened up right before COVID. Damn. Yeah, they Damn. opened up right before COVID, and then guess what? Nice move. Bink. They went out of business. I think. Ah. Yeah. Twelve and one this versus is, eleven and one. Well, this is your basic. Aaron Blanchfield is trying to become a striker because mm-hmm. their grappling is fantastic and. Manuel Faro is trying to become a grappler because her stand-up is fantastic. <laughs> so we're going to see who's uh, able to keep this fight in the realm that they want it to be. It's obvious that Aaron Blanchfield is going to want to take Manuel to the ground, and Manuel is going to do everything she can to make sure that this thing stays where it starts, and that's on the feet. And She's been looking really good. You know, you got to give her credit. Who's she? You know, Manuel Faro. Okay. She really has, you know. I like Erin Blanchfield, and and on the ground she's aggressive and she goes after people. But her stand up is not real <laughs> impressive. And oh. so, I look at the difference in their stand up, and it's like to me, Erin Blanchfield is gonna almost be starting out as a panic wrestler. Okay, looking for just diving for takedowns because. She does not want to be in any kind of stand-up, you know, confrontation for very long with Menno. Mm. Both both are strong in their areas. Yeah. It's just a matter of where does this fight take place? I mean, we just talked about the Sterling Cater fight. There's nothing wrong with chasing for the low level. Oh, there we go. See, and I was gonna say, well, you came up with a game plan mm-hmm. before, you know, Aljamain. That's the same game plan. Yeah. If you're Aaron Blanchfield, you got to go for that. Yep. Um, you got to be in great shape, though, to have that game plan work for you. Yeah, you do. Because yeah. it does something so just to your... Getting, just even getting up off of the ground when the referee tells you to stand up. Yep. Just that. 
you know it's it's burning energy you know well it gets into your psyche whether you knew that was the game plan to begin with it gets into your psyche like oh man i missed another one oh man how long is this going to go on i was expecting it only i don't have to shoot once or twice you know and then i get her down it just it gets into your psyche but you just got to keep grinding you got to keep pressing you got to put the ego to the side and be like, hey, look, whatever it takes for me to get to that body lock or to that single leg or that double leg or press them to the fence, whatever it takes, I got to get there to that over under. And uh, she's got to bury her, uh, her ego, put some pressure, move her head offline, close that distance, get to the body lock or get in on the leg or something. And I uh, get this fight to the ground. I think once it does get to the ground, I don't think for will be the same fighter going in the second round. If she can get her down early. If, if I, 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 John, if John, I get it. Uh, okay, get what what, it. what was what was Manuel Faro's last fight? Right, Rose Nami Yunus. Okay, okay, and Rose in the stand up was doing okay, but there was some times that you know just the size was just I thought a little bit much, you know. But when she tried to get the fight to the ground, and Rose is not bad at getting the fight, really wasn't able to. So she's. Aaron Blanchard was going to have to take a look at what Rose did, how she was trying, and, and how Manel was able mm -hmm. to defend and figure out a route past that. Yeah. I think we can't compare Aaron Blanchfield with Rose only based on the fact no, that. No, 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 completely that, different. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron's a, a bigger female, you yes. know, and giving up the weight, Rose coming up. I mean, been yeah. fighting at 115 for a while, that type of stuff. It makes a difference. Um. I agree. I also think that I I don't know. I'm leaning more towards Aaron Blanchfield. I think she will get this fight to the ground. And I think every time she gets this fight to the ground, it's going to be even harder for uh, for Rose to get back up and I'll just get back up. She won't be the same fighter on the feet because of the hesitation to pull the trigger. That's one, two, the cardio to get back up. You start slowing down the energy. Like you said, just getting up from the bottom, just even when, the, when no one's on you, it's like, Oh, exhausting. You know, um, but Aaron's got to get her down. If he does, if she doesn't get her down early in the first round, it's it starts giving Faroe the confidence in the second, and in the third, and I can stuff your takedowns. And so it does. It it's, gives me a throwback kind of fight, right? Where you it have is. UFC one, you know, UFC two, like styles of the fights, and this is kind of where you have. Yeah, I like you. Know, it's funny because you're, you're kind of you're leaning towards Aaron, and I, I can understand why. Mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards Mano. Yeah, I can tell the way you're talking to me like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. I look at, if if Blanchfield had great wrestling, mm -hmm. if Blanchfield had Tatiana Suarez type wrestling, mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm going Blanchfield. Got it. Hey, guys, uh, before we carry on with the rest of the show, I want you guys to go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. I've seen a couple people in there in the comments because I read them and saying, hey, I don't follow you. We don't we don't subscribe to your page because you guys are on OnlyFans. I'm like, OK, look, I actually talked to some of the people at OnlyFans. That's fine. If you don't like it, that's fine. That's up to you. But um, I have been posting some of my stuff up on, about me and the uh, stem cell treatments at CPI. Talk with them as of recently. My recovery is going great. Like I said, I can look all the way up to the sky. No pain in my neck. I love that. John can't do that because he's got a plate and some screws in his neck. But <laughs> but uh, but I can because I got ahead really? of it. I got ahead of it. <laughs> you're, you're a show off. I am a show off. John, do this. 
<laughs> John, go ahead. Oh, there we go. Look, look, look at that. Look at that. If your That's eyeballs far, move, maybe. if your eyeballs move, doesn't mean your head does. John's yeah, like, there, can you see? Um, I can do it. There it is. Uh, That's it. I'm looking up. I have noticed. Um, I've I've posted about this on on the uh, on OnlyFans.com slash Wayne and subscribers over there. It's free. I posted about my first day of treatment over there. We're having some problems with the page uh, for some reason. We and I talked to them. Things were getting uh, flagged for for uh, I don't know, for Not some being reason. Sexy enough? No, is I think I think they thought it was illegal uh, content in terms of it looked like I was well because I have them drawing blood. So they weren't sure if I was showing like either drug use or whatever, but it got flagged. Oh and then during the holidays, uh, the review process was a little bit slower. So I was actually able to repost it all. Uh, I got day one up there. I'm going to do day two and day three uh, today and tomorrow. So you guys have some extra content to look at. Um, I'm also going to be giving a, um, a review on how I'm feeling from CPI in terms of CPI stem cells. They did a great job. I've been in contact with them. I started my rehab at now rehab now after the first two weeks. Feel good, man. Knee feels really good. Yeah. You know, there's moments where they said I would get a couple little like phantom pains. I get like these little pains kind of on the outside of my calf. They kind of just hit real quick and then they go away probably about five, 10 minutes later. But I think some of that has to do with me doing the rehab as well. No weight bearing rehab yet. Just all, you know, flexing the hill, the toes up and lifting the leg and moving it left and right. Those type of things. Do a couple little band, band work exercises. But I'm going to go ahead and post some of the activity, or not activities, but some of the rehab that I'm doing as well on OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. All the posts should be coming up in this next couple of days. So I know that we had some problems with that, but follow us over there. Thank you, guys. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the bell notifications. We got shows dropping a little different times this week only based on the fact that um it's the holidays, it's the holidays man giving you guys Thank we're you. trying to give you guys some extra content a little bit here and there uh as best we can uh john and i are putting together some fight cards we'll do one fight card for pfl slash bellator just one though a full main card and then we'll do one for the ufc full main card of fights that we would like to see all on one card or fights that we would love to see just period you know if we can period. get that fight Yep. Uh, but we'll put a fight card together for you. Then we're also going to do the weighing in year of the end, the end of the year awards. Uh, it won't be all crazy with like 50 categories. Okay. But we're going to pick out the categories probably right after the show. And we're going to drop them um, next week uh, between right before new year's or is it, will we, will it be before new year? It should be before new year's. Yeah. Cause we'll new year's drop. is Monday. So well, yeah. new year's is the Sunday night. So gotcha. So we'll drop it on Sunday. We'll drop it on the Sunday show and uh, you guys can tune in and watch that. Give you guys something to do over your holiday weekend. All right. So I want to thank you guys for continuing to support us and John, not John, but and Dave, Dave, have go some news, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this was I'll... one of Dave's texts. <laughs> go His ahead. Troll text. Yeah, I just wanted to get your reaction uh, here to Joe Rogan's comments on his podcast mm -hmm. with Bonico. Um, it was based around uh, fighting in the UFC, kind of being top tier at that point, and and talking about fighters coming over there. Here, I'll read the quote to you, and then let's get your reaction. Joe says, there's very good fighters in other organizations, but I often feel like they're wasting their career. I see these elite fighters that are fighting in Bellator or PFL, and I'm like, hey, guys, no one's watching. I mean, some of some people are watching. You're getting a bit of uh, a fan base. I don't want to disrespect, but there's a reality. There's the XFL and there's the CFL. Then there's the fucking NFL. And if you're not in the fucking NFL, are you really playing football? Let's you go it. first. <laughs> you go first. 
Okay, first off, if you're not playing in the NFL, are you playing football? Yeah, you're playing football. When you're in college, it's football. When you're in high school, it's football. Football is football. I don't care what letters are in front of it. Now, read between the lanes. Here's you shut the fuck <laughs> up. There's that this troll. This is why. No. <laughs> There's that troll. This is this is the one thing that Joe's right about, and this is what I've said all the time about the UFC and fighters, because you have to break this down and look at what's important and what's important to each fighter is individual and i've told fighters to their face look you need to decide what is the reason you're fighting is it to become famous and if it is the ufc is the best option for you they have the best marketing and they are going to if you do what you're supposed to do they're going to put that marketing behind you and more people are going to know you than ever before. If that's the reason you're fighting. If you're fighting for money, they're not the best option. Okay, the PFL, Bellator at the time, all had to. They had to, Josh, and it's because the UFC is the biggest, but the UFC has you know proven time and time again, look, besides a couple of people, the best the the best paid fighters are outside of the UFC. Okay. A couple in the UFC make really good money. Really good money. Okay. But it's only a couple. And so you have to look and say, what is the reason you're fighting? And look, I've had I've had guys say it both ways. You know, I'm I am fighting, you know, they're 24 years old, they're 25 years old. I, I want, you know, I want to be the best in the world. I want everyone to know who I am. Go to the UFC, dude. That's where you need to be because what your ego is telling you, and it's okay, we all have an ego. There's nothing wrong with it. But what your ego is saying is I need people to, when I say, oh, I fight for a living. Really, who do you fight for? I fight for the UFC. They equate that to the NFL for football mm -hmm. because if you say that I play football, right? And people go, you play football? You play in the NFL? No, I play for the XFL. People are automatically going to say, oh, that's a little bit different, just like what Joe is saying. If you say, I'm an MMA fighter, do you fight in the UFC? No, I fight in the PFL. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, that's different. It's just, what, what, what's, what's the difference between those? There's no difference. They're just two different promotions. But people, because the UFC's marketing has done so, automatically equate the UFC in the world of MMA with the NFL, and they should. It has reached that. So by saying, I fight for the UFC, that automatically establishes to anybody out there that's a casual, oh, you're actually good. Yeah. That's the way they're looking. Now, that's not quite true, because look at with the number of people that the UFC have, you know, they've got a lot of people on there that they're okay, but they're not, you know, they're definitely not, you know, uh, best in the world. They're d definitely not someone that is going to be a world champion. They're definitely not someone that someone from another organization cannot go and beat handily. Mm -hmm. But the top people they have are are that good. So you have to you have to just figure out what is it that you want. What Joe is doing here is he's working for his employer. He's working for his friend in Dana and saying it, and he's saying. 
I want to see, and I don't blame Joe for saying it, I want to see everybody in the UFC. Okay. I, I don't blame you because you want to see these guys fight these other guys here. But you're not paying them. And the UFC is not going to pay them. And so when you take a look at how much they can make fighting in these other leagues and their egos are not so much that they really care about who knows them, you're going to find people that fame is everything. I'll tell you what, you know, what, what good is fame? It's a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Don't need it. Don't want it. But there are people that do. And so, you know, Joe's going to have his opinion. I look at it and I kind of laugh at it, but it's all good. Uh, let's, let's break it down. Let's break down. Look, let me just start off by saying that I don't have a problem whatsoever with what Joe says. I mean, Joe definitely, he hit some good points on this, very good points. And, um, whether we agree with him uh, or not, not it's we, or whether people agree with him or not, there's very good fighters in other organizations. Well, we've been saying that everyone's been saying that I think people, people that have followed the sport, they know that. They know that there's other good fighters in one. There's they know well, there's he other specifically good in this and this this quote. I don't know where. Uh, oh, you got it from MMA Junkie. They've altered what Joe said here too. Okay, because he really who he's talking about. He's talking about Johnny Eblen because he brings up Johnny Eblen's name. Okay, and he says, "Look, Johnny Eblen is he's a fucking monster, man. I mm-hmm. I would love to see him fight in the yeah. Okay, so you're talking about Johnny Eblen. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. You're right." He would be awesome mm-hmm. to watch in the UFC's 185-pound division. In Absolutely. fact, he's the sparring partner at times of the guy who's your champion right yeah. now, and you know everyone knows how those things would go. We had Eric Nixick on on mm-hmm. the fucking you know show, and who did he say if I was you know, hey if you could train anyone who's the guy? He goes Johnny Evelyn. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yep. But I mean, like like I was saying with this though, this his quote here. There's very good fighters in other organizations. He's absolutely correct. I'm just going to break down the the what the quote. What, yeah, the quote. But I often feel like they're wasting their career. Now, like you said, and like I've I've said for a long time, is it really comes down to what's important to the fighter. That's it. That's where like we we as fans, of course, we want to see them all in under one banner. But when you do that, you're taking away what they get paid they don't have as much negotiating rights. And that's the biggest thing until the UFC starts paying the fighters a lot more money, the lower level fighters, the mid tier fighters, or even the top, the top, I don't think people realize the top three, top four, just cause you're in that top three or four doesn't mean you're getting paid. It just means you're really fucking good. Yep. That's what it means. And so it says, but I often feel like they're wasting their career. So let's figure out what's good for them. Let's figure out where they want to be. Do you want to be famous? Like you said, okay. Or do you want to make a lot of money? Now, everyone's going to go to say like, well, Connor makes this. You're going to take the, the top zero, 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 number zero, one, number one, one percent. You're going to take that top zero, 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 one percent and try to use them as an example. But that's not the case for everyone else. Like, look, Patrick Mahomes makes all this money, five hundred and fifty million dollars. OK, for a 10 year contract. OK, but I can just tell you that his DBs are not making that money. They're not making anywhere near that money. OK, Um. Then it says, I see these elite fighters that are fighting in Bellator, PFL, and I'm like, hey, you guys, no one's watching. I, I would have dis- I would have agreed or disagreed with you a little bit, but in terms of the level of which the UFC, is, they're getting their views, he's right. They weren't watching. Also, 
when we went to Showtime and nothing against Showtime, I loved everyone that I worked with there. The numbers weren't there. We went from actually, we went from CBS Sports, which was doing about 300,000, uh, 250 to 300,000 um, watches or views when we were on it. And then we went to, sh- then we went to Showtime, which was a paid platform, which we went down to about 120,000 views. And, and sometimes it only hit 100,000 views, depending on what it was. You're losing half your market when you do something like that. So I agree. I agree. Yes, people were watching and at times they weren't watching. But in this scenario, where we, when we finished out on Showtime, there was it was very rare that a lot of people got to watch two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. It was rare. But you, um, and you got you got to look. Take that as a point, though. When when you look at the number of people available, mm-hmm. you know, because we'll take Bellator real quick. Bellator was with Spike. There was ninety some million available. Mm-hmm. Okay. They did one of their shows did you know three point some million with yeah. uh, thing, but then they went from there to Paramount. It went down to fifty fifty four million. Then they went to CBS Sports thirty five million. Mm-hmm. Then it or no, I'm sorry, that was forty eight million. Then it went to Showtime, which is a pay, uh, you know a paywall twenty twenty, 20 million. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like you're, you're cutting your ability for people to see you away yeah. just right there. He's look, Joe's not saying anything that's wrong. He's, he's speaking his mind. He's correct on a lot of things. It says here, it says, but the reality is the XFL and the, and, and there's the, the CFL, then there's the fucking NFL. And look, John and I have been very clear. The UFC right now is the NFL. No doubt. There's no doubt about it. They're marketing They're They, they know they've been doing this for a long time. He's a hundred percent correct, but it doesn't always come down to doesn't always come down to Dana White wanting the best fighter and then getting it. It doesn't work that way. It's like look, the the Rams they wanted the best quarterback. They went out and got Stafford that was available. You know, like uh, the Lakers they want LeBron James. They went out and got LeBron James. The availability of where they can go there in terms of the NFL and the NBA, it's the NFL and the NBA. Not all the fighters, they want to get paid. And I agree with you that strike it started with Strike Force, Lead XE. It started with those promotions. They had to pay more. Because yeah. why would you not why would you not get paid more to go to to go to a show that's not considered to be the best show? Go to the UFC if they're gonna pay you that. That's why when guys like Michael Chandler and MVP and those guys, they they went, like MVP said that he's like he said something about like, uh, I'm here, but I'm not here for long or something like that. I think in one of his interviews, he understands that his timetable on him to be successful in the UFC is coming to a close, yeah. you know? So he's, he, look, this is, I made a ton of money. I made a lot of money in Bellator. And now I'm going to go to the UFC and capitalize and get a lot of supporters, a lot but of fans, but it's because of the fact, and here's your thing. And this happened with Michael Chandler too. It is because of the fact that you were fighting in Bellator, making a lot of money, that you were able to showcase what you could do. And if you're going to look at Michael Venom Page, I've never seen someone physically hurt people as badly as Michael Venom Page has in a cage. Mm -hmm. Okay, We're talking broken skulls, Mm -hmm. one kick, destroying their knee, blowing out their patella tendons. Look at look at Derek Anderson's nose, nose. off of a kick. I mean, just unbelievable stuff. But it took him doing those things. Now he knows what he made at Bellator. Now he goes and his management goes to the USC and says, "Look, you know, 
this is a guy you want. And the UFC goes, yeah, we want him. Yeah. We know we want him. Do we want to pay him what he was basically making at that location, that promotion? Mm-hmm. Because, and you know, and I th- I'll give you know, MVP all the credit in the world, you know, because we saw his name up on the board and stuff, that, that little leak. But then he went to the PFL, you know, and and started the negotiations, but went there and did the little stare down with mm-hmm. Dumbay. And you look and you go, oh, maybe he will, you know, sign with the PFL. And he did that. And what did that do with the UFC? That That made them say, do we want this guy? Yep. Do we want him? We do. Pay him. Yeah, because, so paid. because the UK con- TV contracts that they have over there are with Bellator and having him stay with Bellator slash PFL and then go over there and fight Dubai, that would just, I mean, they would crush it. They would kill it. They bring automatic notoriety to the two of them fighting potentially yeah. over there in the UK. Huge, huge fight. Yeah, exactly. But let me go back. So they, so they had to pay him. Yeah. Let me go backwards in time a little bit because we use Chandler as an example. We're using MVP as an example. Let me use another fighter as an example who went to the World Series of Fighting. It was someone that I'm really close with, Anthony Rumble Johnson. He yeah. left making like $200,000, $150,000 a fight, $200,000 a fight. He left making that amount of money. When they cut him, he fought Vitor Belfort, all that stuff. He didn't make weight, all those things. They released him. Guess what? He went over there, never won the title at the World Series of Fighting. Nope. Fought some fights, had some great performances, came back, made almost a million dollars a fight. He's making six, seven hundred, eight hundred, fighting DC, making fighting for four the times the amount. Yes. He was before. And the reason and that's he, because he became valuable. Yes. Where did he become valuable? In another organization. There you go. And that's that's what you have to do. And look, I'm not. I'm not telling people where to go and we, or I shouldn't say we, I'm going to say me. I tell fighters go where the money is because as long as you keep winning there, the UFC is going to always want you back. That top promotion always has to say that they have the best fighters and they can't say that if you're beaten, if you're, if you're the champ in Bellator, if you're the champ in PFL, they're going to pay you that little extra to get you over. Okay. The only time I that they would not have paid you if you were there and you wanted this bump to that same pay, they look at you and go, well, you lost your mind. Yeah. Because you don't have anything to put against it. You've got to have Mm -hmm. that other promotion. there giving you the ability to say, we will have you fight for this amount of money. Now the UFC can either match it. They're going to have to, you know, more than match it, put a little bit more than and give you that pay. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. If you look at chess players, if you look at like, if you look at, if you look at fighters, whatever it is, okay, you can say in the one-on-one combat sports and also like in terms of chess or tennis, it's one thing to say, I beat this guy and this guy was a, or this female or this guy, he was a Wimbledon champion. He was a U.S. Open champion. He was this, he was that. It's credentials that go along with it. So when I come across so I come from the from Bellator to the UFC. Bruce Buffer introduces you as former Bellator champion, former Strikeforce World Champion, former. Uh, yeah. And they won't. You got to be honest. He will say former Strikeforce, okay. Former 
pride former because the ufc owns him but he will not say you are a four he does not say michael chandler fourth former three-time bellator lightweight champion he does not say that he didn't say it nope. really interesting 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 i i now, thought john anik will okay john anik will say it and you know he'll say he was a three-time bellator but in the introductions bruce will not okay he's told okay. not to do that okay good I mean, I'm not good. I'm just saying, like, you, I would have thought that they would have done it during the intro because they. But then again, they did it for me when when I was there. But you, like you said, they bought Strike Force. They bought Strike Force. Makes sense. They own it. Like I said, I have no. I broke down his quote. I have nothing. I can't say anything about it. Like he's speaking his mind, and he is right about quite a bit of it. It just has to do with way the way you look at what he's saying. I look at it differently because of Rumble Johnson and the experience of that. Anthony actually asked me to manage him, you know, during that World Series of Fighting stint. So me and my other buddy, the two of us, he was asking us to manage him. I was like, look, man, I've, I've got some feelers in the, on how the management works, but I wouldn't feel right doing this. This is just us being friends. And he's like, no, this is what I want. I was like, no, uh, we're good. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to manage anybody. But it's but just understanding that portion of it and seeing what he ended up getting, I'm so happy for him in terms of what he you know, what he ended up making. He made a ton of money during that time. But it was because he left and he came back as and was having success in another organization. He found his weight class. He found all those things. Uh, he was actually finding heavyweight over there. And when he came yeah, back he to fought, the UFC, His first fight there was against Andre, Andre Arlovsky. Yeah, but he was actually finding heavyweight over there. Then he got his weights dialed down and he came back and was fighting at 205. So um, the same thing can be done with the Michael Chandler situation and the same thing with MVP. Like you have to understand that these other promotions have to pay them more. And once you can wrap your head around that, that I, I've always felt it's best for, if you don't want to go to the UFC right away and just fight all the killers leading up to a title shot and not get, and get paid pennies on the, uh, on the dollar, I suggest you go to another organization, work your way up. If you believe you're going to be champ, work your way up to that top three, top four, whatever. You don't even have to be champion. Work your way into that number one title shot. Work your way into that that top one contender somewhere in there and say, this is this is where I want to go. I want to go over here. Because I can tell you that, that Chandler, when he left, there was a lot of hype around Chandler regardless. He was a good fighter. He was exciting. He was fun to watch. He had great fights with Eddie Alvarez. Then he went over there. He automatically saw after his first fight, he automatically saw a jump in his social media platform. He automatically oh, saw yeah. a jump. In, in his um his sponsorships, all of those things after the Dan Hooker fight, it worked out perfectly for him in the way that it should have worked out for him. Okay, the way he wanted his management and him wanted it to work out. Great job on his part. He left knowing that there's not much time on my career. And MVP is now following suit going, okay, look, I made a ton of money over there. I'm good. I'm comfortable. Now I can go over here, make a ton, if not more than he was making because they know that look, I only, I only, I have a short period of time. I'm only going to fight the best guys. I don't want to. I'm not going to say no to fights. You pay me this. I take whoever you put in front of me. But I prefer that they be in the top five, top eight, top whatever. My conversation with them when I left Strike Force was a reink to four fight deal. Was I only want to fight the top five guys? I think Nate at the time was number four. Four. He was like number three or four at the time. He just lost to Benson the fight before for the title. He was number three, I think somewhere number three in there. I said, I only want to fight the top five guys, okay? This is what I want. 
I, I didn't, I thought I was going to retire there. I really did. And, um, and they gave me Nate. So the rest is history. Like it really just came on. Like it, the, those were the options that I, I try to create for myself. And I think anybody that comes from another organization and he goes to the UFC, you have to try to create those type of situations. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next. What else you got for us? All right, let's um, Jesus. look at this one. Co- uh, Kobe Covington. And so I don't want to harp on it because we already. No, talked. no, you're just bringing your man back the, up. I love it. Go the ahead. last show we did went <laughs> um, a lot of conversation about the the talk at the UFC 296. But Kobe Covington has come out on a podcast and said that um, he broke his ankle and the the first thirty seconds. Now it's his fight. ankle. I thought it was foot? his foot. foot oh, sorry, ankle. sorry, foot. foot. Sorry, foot. foot yeah. Um. And so, yeah, so what do you guys think about this claim and how that potentially impacted the fight? Like, does, does it I mean, make if sense? It, that, if it was really yeah. broken, then it, it, did, it did impact the fight. It's harder to wrestle with a broken foot. I mean, yeah. it's kind of, I would think history has shown, or science would show that it's hard to push off on that foot when it's broken. It's hurting. <laughs> um, it hurts. Look, I, I read the comments. I, Go I know ahead. a guy that broke his thumb in the first round of a championship fight. And I tell you what, to, to fight with a thumb that's kind of folded backwards and to fucking throw punches with it and grab hold of people and do those things and to actually be in the fight. I've known a lot of guys that have broken things during fights. Things happen during fights. And to sit there and to say, hey, this is the reason I lost. No, it's not. The reason you lost is you got beat by a better fighter. Yeah. I mean, I, I read all, I read some of the comments and it's so funny. It's, we got called Colby haters and one, and then the post right below or the comment right below was, I I couldn't agree with you guys more. Like Colby just didn't show up. He just didn't fight. And it was like one after another of people calling us haters. And then the fight, and then the, the comment after that was, you guys are absolutely right about Colby. I'm done with watching him. I'm done with this. You know what? You guys should fight amongst each other in there. <laughs> you guys are, it's like, it's so great. People are like, you know, uh, you guys hate Colby. You guys, dude, we, we don't hate any fighter. I don't hate I don't any hate fighter. Him. I can't speak for John. Maybe he does, but no. I, I don't, I don't hate any fighter. Um, I, I just call it, I try to call it as best I can. If you guys don't like it, then yeah, you, you don't call like it the way it. you see it. Yeah. And so. Kobe, I think, is good for the sport. I think that what he did was he overstepped. And uh, you guys can call me a Karen. It's so funny. I was loving to hear that I was a Karen in the comments. I was loving to hear that I was um, a staunch liberal. That made me laugh. Um, but this is uh, this is one of those things. Um, you know, um, or they said, take your commie California ass back or some shit like that. And like, I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Because, you know, a ton of uh, Californians moved to Texas because they're, you know, yeah, anyways, it just was a, uh, this, this is one of those things where if he broke his foot, he broke his foot. Then maybe that explains why he couldn't wrestle or he wasn't wrestling as much yeah. as he could have. Maybe he didn't wrestle as much yeah. as he wanted. Yeah. Uh, but he, but then he went on to say that he won the fight. He didn't win the fight. He went on to say he didn't, that he didn't win the fight because, um, because he's a Trump supporter. No, you, you just didn't win the fight. That's See, and this, and this, okay, and this is where exactly what you're saying. This is where I have the problem in that I go, I don't, what do you believe? Hmm. Because did he break his foot? Okay. I'll say he broke his foot. You know, then he said, you know, I won the fight. He, there wasn't one, not one Josh 
Not one media outlet scored the fight for Colby Covington. Now, normally, the media outlets, there's like 30 of them. One of them will score the fight for the opposite person, unless it's a submission or a knockout. You know, just always, not one, okay? Then he says, oh, they didn't give him the decision because he's a Trump supporter and the judges hate Trump. Judges got enough problems. Dude. You're, you're pulling up bullshit when you absolutely lose a fight four rounds to one and the one that you you know you won was the fifth you were you know you were able to take him down but you didn't do any damage okay you didn't do anything to actually win the damn fight you won the round okay the biggest problem with being who colby is as a as a fighter is he's got the shtick and when his performance doesn't match the shtick it becomes the problem because then you're looking and you're going, you're not who you say you were. You said you were going to do this. You said you were going to do this. You didn't do any of those things. And that's the problem with the shtick. It's hard to be the hill. It is. Because once you start losing, man, they start, like you said, they start picking apart the things that you said you were going to do and you never did. Yeah. It's hard to be the hill. Um, and I've, we've seen snowball effects. Once you, once you start losing, you can't get out of it because it's, it's a mental thing. It's a mental, your confidence isn't there. People, you, you start reading the comments. <laughs> let, let, you know, let me, let me ask this. And it just, just kind of popped in my head, you know, I, and this nothing against MMA masters is where he's training at in Florida. They're a good group of guys that got some, you know, they're, they're good instructors, good trainers, but he was at ATT and he had all the problems with mm-hmm. Dustin Poirier and Masvidal and all those things happened. What's been his record since he left ATT? What, f- two and four? Or two and I don't know. He's got was, he's got two he... he's got two wins in his last four fights, I think. Yeah. But yeah, two wins, five fights. I, I was, I, but when did he leave? I think it was around twenty nineteen. Probably that he somewhere left. here. Yeah. Lawler and Usman. Yeah. No, I get it. But the other thing, though, John, is it becomes because because he's not as active. He hasn't been as active. He keeps waiting for these title shots. And it's. And I wasn't, I'm not even looking at it. And like I said, MMA Masters, great trainers and stuff. But it's the people you're surrounded by and the people that you get to actually train with, the level of those people is what makes you get better and better. When you are facing guys that do things better than you all the time and you're training with those guys, your level comes up. Mm-hmm. It's either that or, you, or you, you wash out, okay? And you got to figure all those guys that he was able to train with, the freaking, the Dustin Poiriers that were there, the, the Masvidals, the Eblins, the you know Yaroslavs, all these people that are there. Those are bodies that were making Colby get better and mm-hmm. better and better. And now he's the big fish. Mm-hmm. You know, who's pushing him? You know, I, I used to tell us to the kids uh, when I would train them in jujitsu. I would tell the adults also is that you can't get, you can't be the best in jujitsu if you don't have partners. But I was talking to no. more in terms of, of, you know, you can't hurt your partners. Cause then if you don't have partners, you're not learning jujitsu. Yeah rolling by yourself, yeah. you know? And that's so be, that's being, that's being Hector Lombard. 
Yeah. And I love Hector, <laughs> but it's true. Don't break your toys. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so he's in the same, he's in the same position, but it's because of the trash talk It's because yeah. he put himself in that position. The other thing with this is that in the, doing the trash talk in, and being so vocal like this and causing problems at that one gym at ATT where pretty much everyone loves to train. You've now told every coach in the country or in the world that you're not easy to work with and you could potentially be a cancer. Why would I want to have you at my gym? Why would I want to train with you? And who would I bring in to work with you at the level which you need help with that isn't going to hate me for training you. Let's just yeah. say, um, uh, who's uh, the coach? Trevor Whitman. Let's just say Trevor was like, hey, let me bring you in. I'll hold for you. I'll work with you. I'll get you better on the feet. We'll work on some game planning. You automatically know he's going to try to bring in Gaethje and Kamaru to, to kind of help wrestle with him and grapple with him or train with him and spar with yeah. him. Those guys have to like him. Yeah, That's, that's gone. Those the way those guys like him, and so Trevor's not going to go out of his way to to say, "Hey, come, I'll help you." You know, get back. There's no way these coaches now are. They're like, "No, I'm not going to lose the ones that have been feeding me to take a chance on someone who is just is a firecracker." You never know what's going to happen; it could just explode in your hand at any well, moment. You could take a look, Dan. You know, look at Dan Lambert is the one that owns ATT, mm-hmm. and he loved Colby. Yeah. He loved Colby. That was part of the reason Colby was there, you know, and, and he tried to make it work with the other fighters and he couldn't in the end, he just couldn't. And someone had to go and it ended up being Colby. Wow. But the guy who owned ATT, he loved Colby. And, and Dan's not an unreasonable guy. And no. because he's made it so easy for all those fighters to, to train, they That's understand the what they, they understand what what they have there and they're like okay whatever dan says like he, he didn't just own the gym he helps provide for me and my family like he gives us a place and he's been doing it since he opened that facility i mean the things he used to do in the beginning way back when it was like jay-z oh, yeah. and uh and those guys when it was yeah. when it was american top team back then with jay-z Kawakante and hermes george franca and those guys. yeah george santiago hermes franca those guys I mean, that picture of this, their logo is Hermes Franca. Yeah. You know, um, it's like, I don't know. They, he's given these fighters, they understand what they have. And for someone to have to be kicked out or asked to leave, oh, man, <laughs> you've done something, man. You've, you've yeah. really ruffled feathers. You know, you've really ruffled feathers. And like I said earlier, it's hard to be the hill. Because no matter where he goes now, the MMA Masters, or, you know, wherever the gym is that he's at now, like I don't see a lot of other locations, not with any notable coaches that would be willing to take him. You know, MMA Masters has good coaches and they're good there, but who do they have there to help him get better? Like you said, that's iron sharp and iron that's type the whole, thing. That's the whole point. Yeah. You know, like with boxers, right? Boxers have one coach and what they do is they kind of travel. They take yep. their boxer to so-and-so or they have people or come bring to them. Somebody. Yeah, bring somebody yeah. in to get them ready. You know, uh, Andre Ward used to spar with the guy who used to uh, help train in boxing, Ricardo Cortez. And they would come to AKA. Ricardo was there at a certain time and they would come and they would have Ricardo and him spar. You know, um, um, you know, it just, you can get good that way, but you still need guys to spar with. And you have to find those guys. You can't get better at boxing 
just shadow boxing. You can get better, but you're not going to get world champion status better. That's right. So, uh, but just to clarify, the last thing I'm going to say on the Colby Covington thing. I like Colby. I like him as a stick. I thought he overstepped. Yeah. And he did. No matter how you he cut did. it. And if you say he didn't, I don't care. I just, I, I like him. I want to see him continue to fight. I did overstep a little bit. I will watch him fight. But I, I honestly <laughs> I honestly don't think he's going to be a main event pay-per-view fighter for a long time. I don't think he's going to be there anymore. They're going to have him as an as a opening prelim. Not prelim, like prelims. He'll be an opening main card fighter or a middle of the card main card fighter. He won't be the main event, I don't think, again. And if he is, it won't be on a pay-per-view. I think that from the comments of Dana afterwards... He just didn't seem like, I think he was done with the Colby thing. I got that vibe and that feeling is that he just was, he's, he's, he's kind of tired of it. You know, think about this. Dana doesn't like when you call fighters and they're like, they try to put like, no, I want this to happen. I want that. Like, I, no, I, like it seems like Colby gives them no other option, but like, let's just give him the title shot. Let's try, and you know he's in that mix. He's always in that mix. He waits for you know, give me a better opponent. Give me this guy. Give me that guy. And I, Dana's made it very clear. Maybe he sells pay per views, but when you start giving me a hard time, you start turning down fights. Then I don't, I don't have space for you. I like guys that fight. Yeah, that's Dana says it all the time. I like, I like guys. They want to fight. Yeah, makes it easy, makes his job easier. I don't need to play exactly. matchmaker. When fighters are exactly. on Twitter going, "Hey, I want this fight. This fight," he's like, "Fuck it, do it." Like, I want guys that fight. I want guys that can put their own matchups together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. Uh, Dave, what else you got for us? You got anything else for us? Yeah, we're going to wrap up on a high, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, that Dave. Well all the pun. All the pun. Well done. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> Matt Riddle is um, talking about returning to MMA. Uh, don't know if that will be UFC. Does it? doubt it but um what do you guys think where does he fit in the mix um and at his age of 37 does he does he you know have much of a uh, what weight would he fight at boy that's the that's the question i have right now because he was um, a the welterweight 70, yeah 70 pound right yeah he was a welterweight but i he's gonna be i mean i it depends on what he's gonna what he can get back down to yeah and where he would be comfortable but let, let's just put it this way Here's the, you know, my thoughts on Matt. First off, I love Matt Riddle. He was hysterical to be around. He's a funny dude. He could fight. He was tough. He can wrestle his ass off. Okay. He had really good wrestling. His stand-up was coming along. Dude, it, it, there was tournaments that he was in against John Jones, and he always came out on top in wrestling. You know, the kid can wrestle. He has definitely got a good wrestling base. He's he's got the you know the gift of gab. He's got the you know the complete pro wrestling shtick down. He could come in and and make waves. I don't know what weight class. I would think it, at the minimum he could get down to the middleweight. I don't think he could get to welterweight again. That's asking a lot because he was much younger when he was uh, fighting. But you take a look and say. Um, you know, the problem, the reason he left, why did he leave? He left because of marijuana. Mm -hmm. At the time, they were, you know, testing for marijuana outside of, and he was getting caught because he, you know, smoked marijuana. Who cares? Who fucking cares? So he can come back. He can smoke marijuana. He can't smoke at the day of the fight. Okay. 
you know, good for Matt Riddle. I would love to see him back. I, I don't know how, I don't know what injuries and what pro wrestling has done to him because, you know, although pro wrestling, uh, I can't say is not real is, is a pre, uh, predetermined outcome. The bumps are real. The bumps are real. The, you know, the, the, all of the abuse that these guys and their bodies take, mm-hmm. uh, that's all real. And that's damage that adds up and slows you down. So what are we going to see of Matt Riddle? If he does come back, how, how is his speed going to be? How is his body going to be? But I would love to see him come back. I thought he was fun when he was actually in it to be a fighter. And I think he was fun as a pro wrestler. He's got a great personality. I would love to see someone pick him up. Yeah, I, I honestly believe this feels like. I mean, you went you UFC took a chance on CM Punk. I mean, oh, this, you this know, isn't a chance. This is a proven. That's what I'm saying, though, John. Like, yeah. you took a chance on CM Punk. Like, why not bring back the guy that you guys already had? You know, he yeah. can fight. Now, yeah. how much? Re- no, look, being removed for ten years. Have you been working on your grappling? Have you been working on your stand up at all? Nothing. Been working on a different type. Different type of you know and. You know, how much is it like how, how much how much difference will that make? And the sports changed so much in 10 oh, yeah. years. Yeah. He can still wrestle. But luckily for him, if he does go to 85, or he does go to 205, whatever it is, whatever weight class he decides to go to. They haven't jumped as much as the 35 pounders, the 45 pounders and the 55 pounders and so forth. I mean, they're still they've got they've improved a ton since since uh, 2014. But the heavier guys don't show as much improvement as the lighter guys in terms of mixing it up, the level of grappling, the level of uh, stand-up, those type of Just things. Just the transitions yeah. from one element to the next. Yep. So when I look at I look at Riddle coming back, I, I can see him making a little bit of a splash. I mean, at 37 years old, you know, but I mean, if, if he's got the stick down and he can, oh, he's he can, got the stick. And he can sell these fights... You know, and you, they pick, you know, a couple good opponents for them and make it fun. Let's just say, let's pull up 85. Can you pull up 185? Right let's say after he's, you know, cleared by you, not you saw it anymore, but he's cleared by whatever the company is. You know, you put him against Paul Craig. You put him against uh, Chris Curtis, who's a smaller 85 pounder. Yeah, Chris. You is. know, and you put him against, you know, Anthony Hernandez. You put him against, you know, I mean, you could say, you could say. I don't know if you want to put him against Anthony Hernandez. <laughs> no? Fluffy, dude, Fluffy I, can fight. Man. I get it. I get it. But if he can wrestle, he can maybe try to hold Fluffy down. Fluffy's got good submissions also. He's got good submissions off his back. Yes, He's he does. one of those guys that does. Uh-huh. But I mean, like, that fight, though, a little bit of, you know, there'd be a little bit of a gimmick, a little bit of versus the, you know, I just, I think there's something to be, there could be something there. Um. You wouldn't give any of these top guys off the off the bat. You'd give them somebody. No, you can't. You'd give them a you know a warm up fight, maybe two, and then um, you'd have two you know in twenty twenty four, then maybe in twenty twenty five when he's thirty nine, because he th- turns thirty eight in February of twenty twenty four. I mean, there's something to be said. Like there's something to be had there. There's a little bit of you know he's never going to be champion. They're not going to fast track him that way, but they will pay him no. to, sh- to do the gimmick and the shtick and the. You know, try to bring in the uh, the WWE fans. I mean, Dave's already watering at the mouth to see him come back. So. <laughs> Dave, just just wipe your chin. 
Just a little. Just wipe your chin, Dave. Wipe your chin. All right. What else you got for us, Dave? We're going to wrap up there. Uh, we're going to wrap up there. Go to WayneInMerch.com. WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our hoodies, sweaters, hats, all of those things that are available there. And um, yeah, at WayneInMerch.com. Pick it up. Great Christmas gifts. It's not too late. It's not too late. You guys can have it overnighted. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. All right. <laughs> John, take it away, buddy. I- I think it's too late. Hit the subscribe button. <laughs> Hit the subscribe button down below. Hit the thumbs up and the notifications. We drop on our shows at a little, maybe at some different times this week because of the holidays to give you guys something to do while you guys yeah, are sitting hit around. Hit that subscribe button because that subscribe button will allow you to say anything you want about Josh Thompson being a Karen, <laughs> which is totally untrue. I'm oh, just telling so you right now, he's not a Karen. He may it's be Jody. a liberal though. He may be he may be a liberal. So everyone out there <laughs> have a fantastic, fantastic day. We hope you enjoy what we have gone through here and we will see you.